Hello and welcome to a more perfect podcast. This is not the episode that I was planning on making today, I'm going to be completely honest. I've got Andrew over here because this is an episode that is an absolute emergency broadcast, so to speak. Events have conspired within the past 24 hours that I never thought I'd see in my life. I never wanted to see in my life, but we're always in the back of my head. And if that doesn't build up anticipation, then I don't know, maybe get another set of ears. Because this is some crazy stuff that we're about to go into. First off, the Democratic Party swept all three branches of government. And now they have complete control of the uh, House of Representatives, Senate, and the presidency. Effectively dooming all chances of right-wing legislation from being passed. And effectively enabling them to advance their agenda upon all of us, whether we like it or not. It's a pretty bad deal. After that, something even more shocking happened. The Stop the Steal rally turned into a Stop the Steal riot, and it became a fully-fledged insurrection against the government. The Trump supporters, the Patriots, they took over the Capitol. They literally took over the Capitol building and overwhelm the police forces. So, wow. Um, that's what we'll be covering today. Uh, I, I, I just want to start off with saying that I think these two events are connected, and uh, I think that the raiding on the Capitol building was honestly inevitable because of the normalization of riots. And we'll, we'll, we'll get into all that later, but we've got to start off with what I think was the straw that broke the camel's back. And what the straw that broke the camel's back was the election in Georgia, which gave the Democrats the majority in the Senate. So it, it gives them power to pass whatever they want in the Senate, with Kamala Harris being the tie-breaking vote as, unfortunately, the vice president. So that's where we'll start. Andrew why is it so bad that the Democrats took control of the Senate and have swept all three branches of government? Well, I mean, the first problem that stems from um, them winning both houses of Congress is that now with the election of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, they can effectively pack the, the Supreme Court, thus literally taking all three branches of the U.S. government under their full control with nothing, nothing the Republicans can do about it. Um, then also with it, they can. it's easier for them to pass whatever they want to. Because even if you hit a, a tie, again, Kamala Harris will be breaking tie in the breaking tie vote in the Senate. So anything could be really passed without any form of recourse for the Republicans. They can't even really filibuster because of the fact that it is a 50 split in Senate. So um, they can effectively... Can't they, like, nullify... They can just change the Senate rules and say, oh, there is no filibuster now. The minority the minor, the minority rights in the Senate are gone. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a lot more difficult than them just changing the rules, but, yeah, effectively, due to the fact that it's now 50 and 50, with Kamala Harris being your obvious split vote, anything to, like, you could... They could just vote to stop filibuster, and then if they hit 50-50, Kamala Harris can just give her vote and break filibuster. Yeah. It's a bad deal, in, in, in our opinion, that they swept these three branches of government. Another reason why I think it's bad that the Democrats took the House 
Senate and presidency is because I'm worried that they're going to make D.C. a state. If they made D.C. a state, then that would effectively push the odds ever in Democrats' favor um, since D.C. is a vastly Democratic-leaning section of the country. That would push the odds forever in Democrats' favor, and thus we might not see a right-of-center candidate for a long, long time. So it's a really, really bad thing that the Democrats took it. Again, they can just cram it all down. I can't believe it. And so this gets us to the second part of the episode. Um, I don't want to spend a lot of time in the election of uh, the Senate. I want to uh, really move on here. But it was important to talk about that for a reason. Um, because Andrew, what happened before the Civil War? Some kind of an election before the Civil War? Oh, yes. You mean the election of the uh, 16th president of the United States, Abraham Lincoln? Yeah. Yeah, that one. My theory is that the election in Georgia that gave the Democrats the Senate majority was the straw that broke the camel's back and that really caused people to raid the Capitol building the other day. I don't see a lot of people considering this theory, but I see the historical parallels here and also the political contentions are just extremely high. It's it's my personal opinion that for a lot of people, the Georgia Democrat victory broke their faith in the elections and got their faith in the government to such a low point that they really didn't care anymore if they broke the law. They really didn't care anymore if they violated the democracy because the democracy to them was no longer valid. Democracy failed them, so there's nothing There's nothing left except for them to do what they think is right. Exactly. Now, we're not saying that what happened with the Capitol yesterday with them riding in the Capitol was right. I mean, I don't think anyone can say that. I think that violence is wrong and I'll condemn it on my side as much as I condemn it with the Black Lives Matter and Antifa idiots over the summer. It was bad. You can't discredit us for consistency because we're going to remain consistent unlike the left-leaning people that as you know we know were uh, very uh, excusable about the riots and violence over the summer, weren't they, Andrew? Yeah, they. they it, it all seemed to be um, the the most the mostly peaceful uh, myth, as I like to call it. What my favorite image of which is the uh, the guy with the with the painter's mask on his neck, building behind him on fire, saying, "I don't know why they're saying this a riot. It was mostly peaceful." <laughs> or the uh, the anchor from that news, I think it was CNN, who's standing in front of a burning block going, Today is a mostly peaceful demonstration. What behind me is the rarest part of what's happening tonight. Those are my two favorite moments from this summer's uh, incidents. <laughs> it's the best. I mean, it's blatant hypocrisy. People say that if they were, if they were black, they would have treated them differently. And if they were... You know, Black Lives Matter, well, we know what would have happened. That's that's just blatantly not true because what did the police do to the Trump protesters when they got inside the Capitol, when they were outside of the Capitol? What did they do, Andrew? 
Well, like even even outside, technically, they started they started deploying tear gas again. One lady got shot not too far into them actually getting into the Capitol building. Exactly. Like, and then she died. She died literally later that night. She was yeah. a, she was what a, a 15, fourteen or fifteen year Air Force veteran. Yeah, I think it was a fourteen year Air Force veteran, twenty four years old. But anyways, the narrative goes like this: it goes, the vast majority of Black Lives Matter protests are just people walking around with signs calling for police reform, accountability, and or reallocation of city funding. So what did the police do? They used all these riot measures, like rubber bullets, and they let people go trying to run them over with cars in the Black Lives Matter protests. And then with this, with what happened yesterday, they'll say that the Donald Trump protesters they started peaceful when they walked to the Capitol. Gee, well, I mean, at least they aren't totally deluded. But then when they met the police, the police apparently, contrary to video evidence, literal, you can watch them not do it, but these idiots just are blind to reality. The leftists claim that the pro-Trump protests did start peaceful when they walked to the Capitol, but when they met the police, the police simply opened the gates and let them in. A breach of protocol and safety, they'll say, which they'll try and morally grandstand over you when I didn't see them caring about protocol and safety back in May, June, July, August, and September when they tried to burn down America and they were proclaiming that Trump was a Hitler-type figure for sending in the National Guard, right, Andrew? Uh, yeah, no. I, they, they, their main shtick is hypocrisy with this kind of thing. It's It's... Burn a whole city, peaceful protest. One, even if one guy was just a police bad and threw something, all of a sudden it's a riot because it's the wrong opinion. It doesn't like it didn't. It wouldn't matter if everything went correct. I feel like they'd still try to find something to try to pin it as a riot. Yeah, I mean, actually, they 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 already tried to claim earlier that day that people were being rowdy, like unnecessarily rowdy at like the of course the original did. like protest. And I'm not saying, like, CNN. I just mean, like, in general. Like, I saw people on their personal Twitter accounts going, this is a, this is terrible, and these people are, should feel bad about what they're doing. And I'm like, what they're doing is peacefully assembling. It's fine. It's how I felt about even every Black Lives Matter thing. Until it eventually turned violent, then that's when I check out, and I say, nope. Exactly. Exactly. We're consistent. We support your right to peacefully protest. Guess what? The police are also consistent. They knocked down the MAGA people when they were not peacefully protesting. They knocked down the Black Lives Matter people when they were not peacefully protesting. But, according to the narrative of systemic injustice and systemic racism, that cannot be tolerated. And if there is equality of treatment between two groups of people, then it must be ignored and looked down upon as evidence of some sort of discrimination within the system, which it, there is no discrimination. There's video evidence. Andrew, like, like, wasn't there like this tear gas cloud that was like too thick to see through? Yeah, yeah. The the cloud that was literally so bad it made they put it in like the central atrium of the Capitol building to try to force everyone out originally. But it exactly. was literally so bad it forced people into the hallways to the side of it. So they could see each other, let alone where to go. Yeah. And they'll, they'll claim that the, the police simply opened the gates. 
And of course, th this apparently let thousands of people storm the building and vandalize federal property, steal private property, assault federal officers, and try to harm the vice president and congressmen. And, th and then they'll say, well, last time I heard all these things are criminal offenses. You know what? Last time I heard a riot is a riot and not a peaceful protest. Yeah. Oh. Freaking hypocrites. Also, the last time I remember burning a uh, personal place of business is also a crime. Their whole shtick is... And, and, and it even goes to the level of the presidency and Kamala Harris because you guys elected a bunch of puppets. Congratulations. Here, I'll play that clip. No one can tell me that if it had been a group of Black Lives Matter protesting yesterday, there wouldn't have been, they wouldn't have been treated very, very differently than the mob of thugs that stormed the Capitol. We all, we all know that's true. And it is unacceptable, totally unacceptable. The American people saw it in plain view. And I hope it sensitized them to what we have to do. So it's this rank hypocrisy that is now at the highest level of government. Get used to it because now it's institutionalized and the idiots at the commanding heights of our culture have now doubled in strength. Congratulations. We won, but at what cost? That's what, that's what every Democrat should be asking themselves right now. Yeah. Like all of them. All of them. We won, but we also caused 39% of America to lose trust in the literal only thing they technically have as being an American, their vote. Yeah, and you might say, no, no, it was Trump that advocated for voter fraud. And you say, it was Democrats that denied him a any sort of legitimacy. One simple audit that was all people wanted and it could have instantly made everything better but it was always no cope harder exactly now andrew and i have got different opinions on the fraud thing i don't think there was any fraud i didn't see ballot evidence of fraud i looked into the quote-unquote evidence of fraud and i didn't see anything andrew thinks there was fraud but this is not what the episode is about so we won't go into that here meaning to say that this blatant, like, just immediate dismissal caused a whole bunch of people to lose faith in democracy and lose faith in government. And which brings me to pretty much my final point, which is the perceptions of this. And if, if you perceive this as this is it, I think you're wrong. I, I, I don't think it's going to stop here. And that's not, that's not, you know, like a threat or anything, but I, it's an observation because I honestly think that people are so angry that they are going to continue to just get wilder and wilder. I mean, if, you know, if our betters in the media can justify violence and anarchy in the streets for months and months and months and call America evil for months and months and they can normalize that stuff, then this kind of thing where the capital was raided by these, I don't know, Andrew, would you call them domestic terrorists? No. Only because I, I just don't find it to be a 
a good use of the term domestic terrorist. Well, why wouldn't you... Why? Nothing they did is... The ones who actually went into the capital is technically inherently violent. Especially since most of them went in after the initial push. And also, I don't think it's a good thing to call them that, because if you don't call BLM a domestic terrorist, they don't deserve it either. I think a better term would be insurrectionists, because they did technically interrupt democracy, and technically they invaded the government, and they took it over for a few hours. They technically stopped it. I would deem them insurrectionists. I, I don't like what they did, but we had it coming. We had it coming. You guys normalized this. You the, the, the groundwork was not set by Donald Trump. The groundwork was set by the media, by the Democrats who turned a blind eye to all this crap that happened with Black Lives Matter, and to all those who just dismissed everybody that, you know, wanted to proclaim this voter fraud idea out of hand without any sort of argument, you know, it says, oh, you know, it says this, it says this, it says this, and they didn't even consider them, they didn't even lend them an ear. And, you know, something happens when you spit on somebody and you spit on a certain section of people for four entire years. This happens. People get sick of it. They get mad. They get mad. And they finally have their breaking point. Again, we don't like, I don't like violence. Andrew, you don't like violence? No. But it's normalized now. Understand that this is because of the actions that everyone has taken. This is the new normal. And this is now in our repertoire when we get angry. My fear is that now that the precedent has been set, that you can literally invade the Capitol building. What else? Uh, I mean, the U.S. is a, the U.S. was founded on something more than that. You mm -hmm. have revolution. I mean, some some people are, are even already claiming that this might be our respective Boston Tea Party moment. That this that even the only difference being they really didn't commit m much of anything at the Boston Tea Party compared to what they did last night. But, at the same time, it was that small instance of a few people doing something in the revolution that had sparked a bunch of things later on down the line that led to the U.S. that led to everybody finally saying that revolution is a full necessity. And I think last night might have actually been our equivalent Tea Party moment. I gotta say that it's infuriating to see people being blatant hypocrites, especially since actually technically some of them did worse because Chaz lasted far longer than anything they did in the in on on in the Capitol. I mean, people were killed in the Black Lives Matter riots. People were killed in the Capitol Hill invasion. That sounds insane to just say. I mean, it's, it's, it sounds like I'm talking about a movie. Golly, I cannot believe this happened. It is completely shocking the amount of things that have happened in these past 24 hours. Would you agree that one of the things that caused these people to protest and eventually to riot was that the division in America has grown so great that we have embodied the culture into Trump as kind of like a, a symbol of what we imagine America to be and that he stands against all of the craziness that the 
other side is pushing on us. I alluded to this in the other episode um, quite explicitly. So if, if you want to listen to that, that's episode 31. But it's this, everything has an underlying cultural element to it. Would you believe that that played a role in people raiding the Capitol building and feeling so desperate that they had to take extreme measures? Yeah, to them, to them, Trump is their, he is their literal symbol, their one-to-one fill-in. Because in a weird way, he is the political outsider. Even now, after four years of being president, he's still the political outsider. So to see that political outsider then destroyed by those around him who are political old guard, yeah, it's almost like a personal hurt to them too. On top of the fact that they also feel like they've been slapped in the face because no one seems to have taken their their desire to have audits or anything done with the fraud taken seriously. Then you add on top of that the fact that they're afraid of what Joe Biden and them are going to do now that they have power. And then you just keep adding this stuff on and on and eventually it just crashed. Yeah, and look, not all of this is objective reality. I mean, but... It's what these people feel. They don't feel like their voice was heard. They don't feel like the the Democrats are going to work for them and that they don't feel like they count anymore in the nation they live in. They don't see it as home. Well, also, what's, what's a lot of people's problem is, too, is a lot of these people are the same ones that voted for him in 2016 because Obama didn't seem to treat them with anything either. So now the fact that not only is Joe Biden not Donald Trump, he was literally the vice president of the man that they despised to such a point that they elected Donald J. Trump. And now they're afraid it's just going to be Obama too. Except worse because of the radicalization leftward shift. Yeah, that they've had even since then. And they've only had four years of reprieve. And then their their one time to try to do it again... They feel like it was taken from them. Yeah. Not only taken, spat on, thrown in the dirt, thrown around, and then told that they need to get over it. You can only kick a hurt dog so much before it bites. Yesterday was the bite. I don't like it. Andrew doesn't like it. But we can both agree that it was inevitable. All right, Andrew. I just want to thank you for being on the show today. Um, your your insight is always incredibly appreciated, and uh, thank you so much for uh, for coming. It's always a pleasure. I always enjoy recording the podcast. It is a a real highlight. I'm not I'm I'm not kidding. It's always nice to be able to share my political opinions technically, in a in like a full on public forum. Yeah, well, I always enjoy having you here, buddy. Well, all right. See ya. Well. It's always a good thing to discuss things with Andrew. He really is a smart dude, and I really always enjoy having him on the show. So, I want to make things a little more clear about my own opinions on the riots at the Capitol. Things are not good. Things are very, very bad. What they did at the Capitol was very, very bad. I still stand by my point that it was inevitable because these people were never lended an ear. Everyone that was in the Capitol that protested was always dismissed out of hand by those who said, oh, the court said this, 
and we're not willing to sit down and say, okay, what do you think? They weren't lended an ear. If I'm honest with you guys, it's way harder to listen to somebody than it is to talk to them. We've got to be devoted more to listening than we are to talking. Because when we listen, we learn. When we talk, we're deaf. Sometimes it's not about agreeing. Sometimes it's not about arguing. Sometimes it's just about listening. Sometimes it's just about sitting there and just listening. All people want sometimes is just to be heard. And look, I don't mean to make excuses for what these people did at the Capitol. I'm not. I condemn it fully. I don't think it was right. I also don't think the left's hypocrisy is right in this situation or that Joe Biden is doing the right thing by pushing racial bullcrap onto the American public. It's divisive and it's wrong. And that's why my discussion with Andrew was mainly focused around that, the left's hypocrisy. I'm worried about what comes next. I'm worried about the future. This event, the insurrection at the Capitol, will be used for far greater repression than we have ever seen before in the United States of America. It was truly horrific to everything we stand for. And again, I condemn it. However, the ultimate solution to this, and it just seems out of reach at this point, but I feel like I just should say it, is for both sides to disregard political violence as a option. You cannot consider violence as an option even as a ultimate last resort, ideally. If we don't, I fear for the future of the Union. Sometimes all anybody needs is an ear. Sometimes all anybody needs is a voice. And if you don't give people that, even if you don't agree with them, even if you think their ideas are toxic, maybe even harmful, if you don't do that, you're only going to make the problem worse. It only makes them angrier if they feel like they aren't heard. Everybody seems to have forgotten that nowadays. In addition to this plea for everybody to just listen to each other, not necessarily agree, not even necessarily to argue, or to try and change anybody's mind, but just to listen. In addition to that plea, there is some other things that I think about the riots. Mainly that we can't do the same things as the left does. The left can burn down a building. They can raise our cities for weeks on end in the name of white supremacy and Black Lives Matter. And they can get away with it because they have a media backing them. And they can just morally grandstand to their base and then they can just go home at the end of the day. The facts are that most of those rioters that we saw in the George Floyd protests, a lot of them in certain areas of the country, they were just released. They got out of prison. You know what's going to happen to the people at the Capitol? They're going to be arrested. They're going to be thrown in prison, and God knows when they'll get out. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm saying that we've got to have different tactics than just burning things down. I'm not advocating for violence here, but I'm just saying that the left seeks 
to do whatever they can, and they are nasty, and they will do it without hesitation. But we have to strategize differently, we have to act differently, if we want change to happen. Again, I don't recommend resorting to violence, I'm against violence. What I'm saying is, there's two different playing fields in this country. One is for the left, supported by all the corporations. Hell, I was watching basketball the other day, and NBA, people were just wearing Black Lives Matter all over the screen. I was in a restaurant, and they had the NBA on, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, this and that. They are everywhere, supported by the institutions, the media. I don't need to keep repeating myself, but we need to not copy them. Because if we do, we'll be the ones that get punished, because we have nothing. We have nothing for us. We have to create everything that is on our side. It's a despicable, nasty world out there for people that do not buy into the mainstream narrative. It's hard to find sources that agree with us. It's hard to find things that are willing to actually give us a voice. You can't play the same game and use the same means to get the same ends. Not in this playing field. We can't do it the way they do it. If we want to stand up for what we believe in, we've got to do it differently. We've got to find another way. Well, then the natural question is, how do we do this? How do we find another way? One of the ways that I think that we can find another way is to create our own outlets. It's really hard to find things, as I said earlier, that are willing to give us a voice, they're willing to give us an outlet. Whether they be news agencies, whether they be podcasts, whether they be Instagram pages, everything is repressed for us. Continue, I say, continue to, pro pro to proliferate it. Eventually, I believe that if a lot of people, a whole bunch of people from our side that promote our values proliferate, eventually it'll reach a critical mass and these things will not be able to be ignored any longer because they'll be around every single corner and the amount of effort that is needed to suppress it will outweigh the benefits of suppressing it. Basically, overwhelm them with the amount of outlets that we have. Create one yourself. Go out there and Talk to your friends about what you believe in. Don't be afraid to speak up. Now is the time to speak up. We've got to have a different strategy. And what I just told you, proliferate your voice, that's my way. I don't see a lot of people on the left doing that. They're all sitting nice and cozy with their mainstream media outlets and their institutional support. If we overwhelm them, we can win this. We can change everything. We just have to try. Today... I encourage you to try. Today, I encourage you to speak up. And today, have a more perfect day.